This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. If we get time, yes, as Scottish Danny requested, I believe it was Scottish Danny on Twitter, I will get to the Aerosmith story. If we don't... We'll I'll... make time for that. <laughs> Everybody okay? Yes, we're doing really well. Hello, Sharon in the chat already. Uh, sir, do your intro, sir. Oh, mate. Oh, but first of all, please bear with me. It's incredibly, insanely warm in this tiny little corner I'm recording. Mm-hmm. Up to the point where I've literally had to dash out and get a towel to, to wipe the sweat from my brow. Mags, that's how hard we work delivering this show to the glorious, glorious people. And, and, and they don't respect it, do they? They don't, no, they don't, so they don't give us the, the due respect that we absolutely deserve. Uh, Anya in the chat. Hello, Anya. How are you? Yeah, those those glorious listeners of ours who may be listening at any time that is from the good afternoon, good evening or good morning. Wherever and whenever you may be listening or even watching from. Thank you so, so much for joining us. This is Chain Wrestling Live with Mags and Sai via Radio Techers. I am Sai, and joining me as always on this post AW Monday, the the highlight of the end of your weekend, I guess. Your Monday night delight, for want of a better term. Um, the F5 to my lack of drive. The next big thing to my dream reoccurring basically i'm in this room okay and trish stratus from around 2002 2003 walks in okay and she's holding hands with tay conti i'll tell you what my kids listen to this i'll dm you all right because it's going out of bounds that's for chain wrestling after dark (laughs) that's very true very very soon (laughs) a podcaster who says forget mr suzuki he's the real murder grandpa mr max how are we doing today sir 
Listen, the charges didn't stick. I was clear <laughs> on everything, so you can't keep throwing that in my face. No, uh, I am. I am still wired. So I'm not going to lie. Um, it has been a mad 24 hours. I had about an hour's sleep, uh, and yeah, it's just been crazy, amazingly crazy. Such a, yeah. a great weekend. I was going to mention this because obviously it was your good self and various other. High-level players from the Radio Techers world that did the, I suppose, reaction show, the after show to AEW's All Out pay-per-view live this weekend. Um, and the show went for two hours of brilliant content with you fantastic geniuses discussing this wonderful pay-per-view. So, I mean, our I mean, time... that's a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> our time, Maxie, you're not finishing till seven, half seven, are you? Yeah, uh, by the time we'd we'd wrapped up and we'd done like our uh, post record uh, chit chat, it was about ten to eight ish. So it was essentially get a shower and start the next day. It was yeah. a, it was a madness, but I wouldn't change it for the world because I'm glad. I mean, I was in kind of two minds whether I was actually going to watch uh, uh, all out or save it till the day after. I'm so glad I stayed up and watched it because I would not have wanted to get on Twitter. Uh, this morning and and seeing what I would have seen. I'm glad mm-hmm. I was there to see it live because, God damn, that was a good show. Unreal, unreal. Um, just, I mean, the ending, obviously, with, with Adam Cole and um, Daniel Bryan, Bryan, Bryan Danielson, sorry, appearing. Um, you think, oh, Cole's here. That's the end of it. Fantastic. And it was a great moment where, you know, he, he looked for a moment like he wasn't going to be pallying up with his old buddies. And then he did. Um, and then, of course, Brian Danielson arrives. But earlier in the show, we had Ruby Soho arrive. Mm-hmm. We had, uh, for me, Minoru Suzuki. Yes. Oh, my goodness. That was, I'm a massive fan of this guy. And it just, when his music hit, I, I couldn't believe it. It was really, mm-hmm. um, what for me personally, what a, what a moment. And I suppose what a pay-per-view. It's absolutely insane how good that show was, Max. It's, um, I mean, we, we spoke pre-recording, uh, and I honestly believe, I've watched every single AEW pay-per-view uh, that's been on, I believe that this was the best one. Um, they were, uh, I mean, taking out the 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 big slow versus Kunti Marshall match, which no one really give a toss about, every match here was, was must-watch. It was really mm. top quality. There was no kind of a lull in the action. Um, it was all fast-paced, really interesting. Um, no, no, what you'd call piss-break matches. Uh, yeah, it was, it was nearly four hours of, of top-draw content. Yeah, it was. It was, it was absolutely fantastic. And again, the length of the show as well. I mean, we were discussing just before the little red light come on, weren't we, about the length of the pay-per-view and so on. And um, for me, four hours, that's on the money. For a pay- obviously the pre-show made it longer of course it did but I, I didn't actually watch the pre-show but for me four hours for a pay-per-view that's that's pretty much spot on yeah that's pretty much good for me you know i mean it'd be better if they started at 9 p.m so we can uh we can get to bed at a reasonable time but yeah it was uh four hours for a pay-per-view uh especially one as big as all out i mean that's their their wrestlemania at the end of the day yeah. so it was I, I really really enjoyed it from the from the battle royal to even the pre-show match was so much fun uh that that 10 man uh moxley against uh kojima which is a, a legend match then mm-hmm. suzuki coming out i mean there were just so many big yeah. moments it's, it's so hard to uh 
to kind of put into words how good it was. And we, in in the annals of time, we're going to look at this as the debut of Adam Cole and uh, and Brian Danielson. But there was so much in this show to enjoy. Uh, it was pretty much something for everyone. Yeah, and and what a roster as well. They have, well before they had before this, I guess. But you look at the matches you can potentially have now. With, with Cole arriving, with Daniel, sorry, Brian Danielson arriving, um, just oh my goodness, it, it's going to be such an exciting time to be a wrestling fan. And I, I, I tweeted that shortly after the match. Um, it, I feel sorry for people who don't get pro wrestling. I feel sorry for people who don't watch pro wrestling because I don't think there's anything in the world that can make you feel the way that, that show made me feel last last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's no other kind of um, uh, entertainment that I would happily stay up till five o'clock in the morning to watch and then spend two more hours talking with a group of pals about mm-hmm. it. Um, nothing else does that for me. Even even MMA, which I, I, I do on the regular, I would not have a two-hour pause show about MMA. No. But we could have easily carried on talking about uh, all that. There were so many moments and, and spots and, and things to, to really harp up that, yeah, it, it's so good. Wrestling is so unique. It's really mm. cool. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Um, do you want to have a quick check through the chat, Magsy, before we, uh, I'm afraid... <laughs> there is tons. Sadly, I'm afraid I have to lower the excitement level a touch because I do have a pinball dick this week, so... Oh, well, I'm sure we'll get to that. Uh, but yeah, we've uh, um, Dan Griffin, who will uh, undoubtedly be the star of the, the non-wrestling topic uh, <laughs> later on. He's in the in the chat. Hello, Dan. We've got uh, Matt Willis trying to cause trouble in the chat, saying that my audio was out because he was having a dig at me uh, when we did our post-MMA show. My audio was out for the first two minutes, and he jumped in and reminded me. Uh, we've got um, your good lady in, in the chat, and you're in the chat. Uh, yeah, they're all having a, a good old chin wag between themselves. Don't mind us. We'll just be your kind of background audio. You enjoy yourself yeah, there in the chat. You can just play a bit of music, Mags, and I'll meet them all. You can even just sit back and just chill out and wait for them to finish, shall we? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Ah, uh, I suppose then, I suppose we, well, first of all, another little cheery thing. Look at this lovely CM Punk t-shirt I'm sporting here. Look at this, eh? Isn't this amazing? This is his speech from when he came back, um, all written out in the design that there. I don't know if you can make out much of that on the pictures there. My camera's not the clearest, I apologise. But yeah, and it ends with saying, I'm back at the very bottom. A lovely present from my my podcasting partner here, Mr. Magsy. And I really, really appreciate it, mate. It's it's awesome. Thank you so, so much. You're absolutely more than welcome. Uh, It's by a design uh, uh, by a guy called, uh, I think it's called Three Beat Designs on on Twitter. So definitely go and and, uh, check him out. He essentially did that that picture, took a uh, CM Punk-inspired image, did the whole promo. Uh, and he's he's now uh, selling merchandise with it on his on his Redbubble. As soon as I saw it, uh, I thought this this is a t shirt that I have to get for Simon. I mean, uh, we mentioned last week how cool this journey has been, and how I really was appreciative of being involved in this view. And I thought I'd show that appreciation and uh, and be uh, get you a cheeky little gift. And that just happened to be right time, right place. And yeah, it was a, a little bit of sneaky sneaky between me and Mrs. Powell to to get it uh, to get all the legit sticks down but yeah i'm glad you yeah. i'm glad you got it and I'm, I'm i'm glad you like it no i do i love it mate i do I love it. it's just it's, it's uh 
I suppose the, the conversation about this T-shirt is only about 5% of what goes on in, in between you and my wife with the DMs. You know? I'm, not, I'm, I'm not allowed to see the rest of it, I've been told. So. <laughs> and you'll find that on, on Jim Wrestling After Dark. After Dark. Oh, my goodness. What a scary idea for a show that is. <laughs> the amount of times one of us has to reel the other one back in a normal show. Imagine, you know. Yeah, with oh, no filter. Jesus. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So then, so then, I suppose we better get to something this week that um, annoyed me a touch, shall we? We got a pimple dick this week, Mr. Mags. Oh, dear, not another. Pimple dick alert! Oh, a teeny weeny. Who's the pimple dick this week, sir? It's clearly sir, because he's frozen. <laughs> And he's muted his mark. That's absolutely awesome. So I think I'm assuming his pimple dick is Virgin Media again. Um, hello, sir. Have you disappeared, sir? Well, I know I've got a, a sneaky pimple dick, and I think it's uh, linked to the same one that that Sai is going to be bringing up. Hopefully. Um, oh, are you back, sir? Did I, did I disappear then? You froze with a muted yeah. mark. Uh, just, I was just saying, uh, I assume your pimple dick is going to be the same one that uh, that I was going to bring up. Um, we had some more fun from the, the lovely Marty Ginetta this mm. week. Um, so uh, a, a YouTuber, uh, uh, sorry, a, a Twitter follower at, at Sir underscore Wilkins, he uh, posted a tweet up saying, so I woke up wondering why Marty Ginetta I posted a picture of him, my boy Scotty RRP, and me, uh, and this wild ass caption. And it's essentially Marty Ginette hugging uh, two African American guys. And the, the, the caption is I ask you this if you walk up with a D word in your mouth and a D word in your ass, which one would you take out first? Oh, I mean, this guy is a weird, weird person, isn't it? He's just, he's just an asshole. To be fair, I, I look at some of the homophobic comments he makes, some of the racist comments he has made. Despite the fact he then protests to anyone who says he's racist by saying some of my wife's are black. Um, he's just an absolute piece of crap. Mm-hmm. I think. And I tried to give him the benefit of the doubt because he, I've been seeing posts from Genetti on Facebook, especially for, for a long time. And he's a weird dude. And he's obviously got issues. You know, he's also got mental issues from, from being dropped on his noggin far too much. Of course, that's what happens and, to a lot of these and, guys. And years of drug abuse. Yeah, of course. I mean, his, his um, out-of-the-ring activities are quite well documented with regards to, you know, his... Uh, well, well, cocaine, basically, isn't it? That's that's what's got him in trouble. The majority, I think, he's been fired seven separate times from WWE, mm-hmm. and over half of those were for for cocaine abuse. Ridiculous. Um, painkillers as well. I appreciate he's got a messed up ankle and he takes the painkillers and to deal with that. But he's got an issue with those as well. So I'm led to believe. Obviously, I don't know the guy personally. I can't say for a fact, um, but he is just an absolute tool. Um, but it's actually not him who is. The pimple dick for me this week, Magsy. It's actually somebody associated with him. Um, wow! Don't believe Cassidy. No, be- no, no, no. Good old Al. <laughs> <laughs> but 
the new and improved rockers the greatest tag team of all time just for that one particular week in 1996 um <laughs> this is an individual called dan mirad or dan mirade i'm not sure how you pronounce that um and he is associated with my jetty because he makes videos with him and does almost like live um live shows on a thursday um uh, via i think it's via youtube very similar to what we do uh, and a podcast with him on occasions and i say on occasions because there's plenty of of, of moments where genetti simply doesn't turn up um and, and so on so you know standard practice i suppose mr genetti um but it's not genetti that i'm directing this this disappointment and this anger at this week um it is the individual who does the shows with him now this week we had the horrible, horrible, sad news of the passing of Daphne from WCW and TNA. I knew her from as well. Um, I thought Daphne was was awesome. Um, I thought I was always a bit of a rocker, um, a bit of a a goff is a bit of a strong word for me. I wasn't quite a goff, but I was go. I was that. That's how I was, and still am to a degree. Um, I thought Daphne was gorgeous. You hear all these stories about her being such a wonderful, nice person. Um, and she's obviously been struggling for a while with mental health issues, uh, other issues as well. And we had the horrific um, Instagram video. Uh, where I've, Was it a live video or was it when she recorded yeah, I, and uploaded? Or? No, I believe it was live. Um, yeah. And parts of it were, were uploaded to Twitter by uh, accounts that will rena- uh, remain nameless. Uh, yeah. And they point blank refused to take it down even when pretty much all of the wrestling community were were, were, were begging them to take it down. Uh, yeah, just horrific. Um, yeah, yeah. And so, so sad as well uh, to see. She was clearly uh, mentally hurting, uh, had some severe uh, issues, and, and to put that up and, and leave it up, for for essentially for for clout and for and for views and for um for followers yeah it was a mm. horrific horrific thing to do yeah it was um and basically for those who aren't aware and i'm not going to go into details because it wasn't uh, uh, the video flagged up on an instagram um, mm-hmm. notification it was very late at night i was still sat up doing a few things i clicked on the video um it <laughs> It's, it's not great. She's in a bad way. She's visibly upset. She's saying about how alone she is. Some people say that in parts of the video, you can actually see a firearm on screen. Um, I'm not sure. I didn't see that clearly myself, but that's what a few people said. Um, there was an obvious intent there for Daphne to, to, to do herself harm. Um, we then find out that by the time the morning has come around, she has she's no longer with us um all the signs point to her taking her own life um and that's a horrible horrible i mean she gave me many years of great entertainment in first in wcw but mainly in tna um just horrible horrible thing um so that's that's bad enough however this Dan Mirard, I'll say Mirard, just if I'm pronouncing his name wrong, um, I don't fucking Tough. care, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Tough shit. Um, he had recorded a video with Marty Jetty, who, who he works with, and had um, recorded Jannetty's thoughts on concussion issues, which apparently Daphne suffered with, and his thoughts on Daphne's passing and the video that was uploaded. And I stress to everyone, 
um, especially you know people who are who are under the age of eighteen. Please do not go and seek this video out if there is anywhere you can still find it. You do not want to see it. I've seen it. You don't want to. Trust me. No. Okay. Please do not do it, this. It's, it's heartbreaking. Not, it's it really is heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. Remember Daphne for who she was on screen as opposed to this. If you haven't seen her, go back and watch some of her WCW stuff or TNA stuff, especially was it was a fantastic run. That's what the Daphne we want to remember, not the Daphne from this Instagram video. Mm -hmm. However, this guy made a big deal about having Marty Gennetti's thoughts on this sad occurrence, his thoughts on the concussion issues, his thoughts on Daphne in general, the video and everything that went on. Um, first of all, I don't really understand why anyone would want Marty Gennetti's thoughts on anything, never mind something as sensitive as this. But secondly, this is the part that I stumble with, this part I struggle with, he's put it on a Patreon behind a paywall, Mags. So you're paying people, paying for his uh, inane ramblings about a subject he shouldn't yeah. be talking about. A, a, a subject that was very newsworthy, I suppose, for the wrong reasons. Um, it's not something that should be, I think, treated the way that this Dan Mirard has. Um, when questioned, there was an individual who commented on the post by the name of Vince. So I won't give his surname because it's he's, he seems like he, he's one of the good guys. He says, come on, Dan, how can you have used her death for Patreon sales? And basically trying to profit from what's happened. He knows this is, if you logged into any social media platform, Daphne's name and even the term Instagram yeah. Daphne or whatever was, was all over the place. It was on Twitter, it was on Facebook. You, you couldn't get away from it. So he knows that having that linked to his paywall, his Patreon, um, is going to bring people over there with the hope of getting a few extra dollars out of them to view this video of someone who is not okay mentally, has addiction problems, talking about somebody who was also struggling mentally, who then went to a very dark place and, and the tragedy that happened, happened. Um, Dan responds, it was the quickest way to put it online. Instead of waiting until Marty Gennetti's show Thursday night, um, as he might try to help with the costs of bringing you his show for free, his appearances for free, paying for his airfare, paying for his hotel, studio costs, etc. So basically this Dan is saying he couldn't put the show up for free. That's, that was an impossibility. He had to put it behind the paywall because he didn't want to wait until Thursday when he does his usual free show. So I'm calling bullshit on that straight away. This doesn't cost anyone any money to watch. Mm -hmm. If me and Maxie wanted to, we could schedule another video for 10 minutes after this one finishes, an hour after this one finishes, whatever. So Chain wrestling after dark, fellas. That's it. So straight away... It's a, it's a thing. <laughs> straight away, I'm calling this Damarad a bullshitter yeah. on that front. Um, my, my, my daughter is 11. My youngest daughter is 11. She can upload a video to YouTube if she really wanted to, and it would cost nothing. So fuck off, Dan. Yeah, you liar. And especially if he wanted to have uh, his heartfelt um, thoughts and, and Marty's heartfelt thoughts on it, it would have been very respectful to put a video up uh, to 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 give yeah. their their uh, their thoughts on on uh, somebody who they potentially new in the wrestling business but yeah. to say uh yeah you can listen to our thoughts as long as you pay our five uh five dollars a month patreon that's 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 scum um, and right. and you said it in the chat um he's not a pimple dick he's a knob and yeah, yeah pimple dicks are idiots who do dumb things this is a prick mm -hmm. profiting 
off the 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 mental illness and and the, ultimately the passing of a very beloved wrestler. Uh, yeah, he's he's a no. Simple as yeah. that. I mean, the issue I've got is the stupidity comes into it now. Um, he continues to try and explain himself away. Um, it, trust me, I don't think it would be. Nobody wants to see me in my show. <laughs> we 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 <laughs> end up owing people money. <laughs> yeah, chain wrestling after dark. I'm not sure about that. Um, it says it's the quickest way to get Genetti's thoughts up. Load of shit. We just we just covered that. He then says having this and getting people to pay for this helps with Genetti's airfare and other things to get his appearances for free for these people. So again, is airfare to do what though? To record his thoughts. To record his thoughts. So he's already stating that yes, I am doing this for money. I am doing this to be able to do. You know, having just literally said moments ago, no. Um, this Vince character, again, much respect to this individual, he says, couldn't you have picked any other topic to promote for your Patreon? This is in bad taste. Um, and Dan responds with, is extremely newsworthy and sensitive. Uh, and goes so on I want to, to make money off it. Yeah, and, and then we got some fucking idiot here called Mike Coffin who states, don't slander Dan's name again to this guy asking questions, but we can fuck off and always an idiot. Well, well but, I hope it cost him more in Patreon uh, subscriber losses than it, it made him money. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's, I think it's a, a horrific state of affairs. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's a horrible, horrible thing to be doing. And then the stupidity to try and defend what you're doing by saying it's not for money, but we want you to pay the money. Yeah. Fuck off, mate. <laughs> you know, uh, you're a piece of crap. Yeah. Like I said, this could have easily been uploaded to the, because Patreon, uh, usually, uh, they have, uh, links to YouTube, which are then privatized videos. So you can't just access them off YouTube. You have to go, uh, through the, the Patreon allowed links, but they are essentially still YouTube videos. So he mm-hmm. could have easily said, right, this YouTube video uh, is going out for absolutely no cost. These are our thoughts on, on the, the, the passing of, of poor Daphne. There we go. To lock you behind a paywall is, is scumbag. Absolute yeah. scumbag. So, yeah, there we go. Um, I don't want any association with that guy. I don't want that guy watching any shows we do. I don't want any... Uh, if, if any time this individual, for whatever reason, happens to pop up in a discussion on a Radio Techers show, podcast, whatever, if anyone out there listening has that say, fuck him off, get him out of the chat, he ain't welcome. Yep. I'm going to play up to a, a overused chain wrestling trope now. He can get to fuck <laughs> exactly mate exactly lovely little blast from the past wonderful yeah. stuff should we move on to something a little bit more chirpy mags yeah and i, um, I actually want to just bring up uh someone who's in the chat someone who's uh, been a massive supporter of us from day one uh scottish danny here in the in the chat he's uh he's joining in the conversation but i actually wanted to bring him up because he he made his podcast debut this week oh uh, okay he was on uh, unbooking the territory with our with our good friends Rob and Dan, uh, and he absolutely knocked out of the park. It's a great episode, really, really good fun. So uh, when you get time, definitely go and check out uh, our good friends uh, uh, Dan Griffin and and uh, Rob over on uh, uh, unbooking the territory and start with this episode because uh, Dan is is superb on it. Yeah, that's one I'm going to be listening to hopefully tonight, if not tomorrow. 
Um, it's just the way my week kind of drops. I end up listening to them in the evenings through the week now. Um, also, on that note about our sort of, I suppose, podcasting brothers, I guess. I'm not sure how to word it. Our little gang, I suppose. Our, our Monday club, potentially. Um, Monday club is something that happens when you drink at Weatherspoons, yeah. isn't it? Is that right? <laughs> That's when you're an alcoholic and you want to justify drinking early in the week. Okay, Monday club then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's next week. By the time our episode comes out next Monday night, we should have the return of the fantastic Bang Bang podcast. Yes. Looking yes. forward to that. And if you're in the chat, if you're not, why not? Where are you? It's bath night. Come on, mate. You know, I've been, I've been booked for an episode as well, and I've given my uh, topic. It, it looks like uh, he's going uh, because obviously Steve is uh, kind of a bit disillusioned with wrestling, so mm-hmm. he's yep. he's taking an extended hiatus. Uh, so Andy's bringing on guests every week, uh, and they're going to be covering uh, essentially what happened in wrestling this week or throughout history. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I've uh, I've picked man. Um, yeah, it should be a fun episode. Can't wait to to record it. Um, and yeah, he's going to be having uh, lots of uh, friends and and fans of the the, the podcast on so uh, yeah definitely get involved yeah I, i'm speaking to him street tomorrow actually i think oh look at I you first on the list that's because you were steve's favorite podcast that's why me i, no, I yeah. don't know about that mate i don't know about that <laughs> first on the list probably just because you know, my name popped up earlier in the line or something i don't know <laughs> yeah. and 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 whilst we're kind of like pushing uh, uh other content that uh, we've got a podcast uh, that's going to be coming to radio techers very very soon uh and here's a little fly for it oh boy cream soda <laughs> nice you, you like cream soda yeah you're, you're you're a delinquent as far as I'm concerned. I love cream soda, mate, but it's got to be the cheap one pound shit. The good stuff's too sweet. <laughs> <laughs> that makes no sense in itself. Cream soda is rank. I don't know. It's like it's not lemonade, flavor, isn't it? That's all it is. Uh, no, I, see now I like vanilla, but I don't like cream soda. It's rank. Well, then you're the <laughs> delinquent idiot. <laughs> <laughs> That promo, that. yeah, that promo it's tickles brilliant. me every single time. It's getting me so hard for that show. You're a fucking delinquent. <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant. Uh, again, much credit to to Benny Mac, my my co-host for the waiting room. He's the guy behind all of that technical side of things. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's you know really looking forward to it. We're very close to finishing season one. We had a slight delay. Uh, Benny hasn't been very well, and he had a bit of bad news as well. So we've delayed a couple oh. of episodes by a week or so. But season one should be finished very, very soon and with you in the next couple of weeks, I hope. Um, yeah, hopefully you'll enjoy it. It's me not talking about wrestling, which is weird. It's so, going to be weird. It is. It's going to be very strange. Ah, Not talking about wrestling, though. Let's talk about something else. Let's talk mm-hmm. about something non-wrestling. Oh, what a link. Yes. And, what a, and oh, look at that. We're going back to the old school as well. Yes, back to the old An school. Oldie back to the now, we're already... 29 minutes or so into the show, into the live broadcast. Um, so we're going to run through as many of these as we can get through uh, in the order they arrived into us on Twitter and a couple of DMs and, and, and so on. I'll run through as many as I can. Um, if we get time, because we still do have to talk a little bit of wrestling at some stage, because we are a wrestling podcast, remember that. Um, if we get time, yes, as Scottish Danny requested, I believe it was Scottish Danny on Twitter, I will get to the Aerosmith story. 
If we don't... We'll oh. make time for that. <laughs> shall, shall we just cut Matt's stories out? No, no, <laughs> no let's not. Dan Griffin, at Dan Griffin 21 on Twitter. Always going to be the way on Drunk Stories. And this is Drunk Stories Part 4. So it's, oh, it's fun. How, you absolute drunken reprobates that you fill <laughs> this this segment four times with your antics, you animals. We absolutely love you. Yeah, it is great. It is great. It makes me feel really welcome because, I mean, I entered this podcasting world only really knowing Magsy, and there's so many pissheads out there. I feel at home. So it's nice, you know. <laughs> uh, Dan starts. Um, he was on a stag do in Edinburgh in 2015, watching the Champions League final in a pub. A this half-time... is a different Dan one. <laughs> Dan has clearly got more. There's quite a <laughs> few, mate. <laughs> Let me find the other Dan one. There we um, at halftime, he went to the toilet, thinking he'd locked the door. Lo and behold, and a log and a half in, he sees, he sees the door swing open. So no, hadn't locked that door. Um a burly Scotsman just stares at him for a split second, dumbfounded, as he sits there frozen. He then grabs the door, yells, sorry, and his only response was, why are you apologising? You just have to watch me shit. <laughs> <laughs> but he says, that's not the funniest bit. While his toilet misfortune got a few deserved laughs and mockery, the next day, the father of the bride started drinking at 10am. Again, still whilst out on this stag do weekend, I'm assuming. Either that or he's part of the Monday club we aforementioned. Um, by 8, 9pm, we were in a bar and he went to the toilet. Came back, told us he had to leave because he was far too drunk. Fair enough. These things happen. You know, people go a bit crazy, don't they? Um, the problem was his exit was followed by a waft of a shitty smell that descended like a brain mist. <laughs> That's the song that Jimi Hendrix didn't write, isn't it? Brain Haze, you know? Um, his other son-in-law went to check the toilet, realised his dad had actually shit himself, left the soiled underwear in the store, and just gone. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, it was so bad, they never even mocked him for it. I mean, so, I would have I would have certainly mocked me. him for it. I'd have bought it up. Um, it just made the wedding really awkward, Dan continues, as everyone on the stag do just had to skirt around it as though as they all reminisce about the stag do itself. So Oh, that's horrific. How does Dan get himself in these predicaments? Yeah, I know. I know. Um Dan continues. Another time he turned up at his local half steaming after an afternoon on the piss at the rugby. One of his mate's girlfriends, who he'd never met before, was mindless drunk. And so was the most. He was the most sober, so he took to carrying her and to put her in a taxi. The awkward part for her and funny part for Dan himself was a few weeks later when they were all out again, and she introduced herself to Dan and had a right laugh. He had a right laugh explaining how they'd already met. They're still great mates to this day. Man, can you imagine being being that steamo that you can't remember meeting somebody? That that's actually a heartwarming story compared to the the bloke shitting himself and mm. thinking I'm going to just tear my box shorts off and leave them here and carry on with the rest of the night. Uh, I, this is actually a nah story, so I'm glad you've balanced it out, Dan. Is it? Is that? I, I don't see anything wrong with that. If you have an accident, I'm not saying this is something that I have experienced before. Before we carry on, huh? but you have an accident. Surely you would just leave the pants behind. You wouldn't take a moment with you, would you? I'm, I, no, I'm not advocating carrying around a, a pair of shitty 
pants in your pocket. Just but, asking at the bar if they got a carrier bag or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> or at least attempt to flush them, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But then to crack oh. on with the rest of your night going commando, knowing that the only protection from shitting yourself is oh. now is now sat at the back of a toilet. Uh, yeah, that's uh, pretty worrying. Yeah, definitely. Um, at Scottish Juggalo, our good buddy Danny, he sent a video message here that people, I will retweet at the end of the show. You can see a bit of it here, but I think you need the sound. I'm not sure if we can do that. And I'm not sure if you really want to listening to what this guy was saying and behaving mm-hmm. um i'll retweet it uh, at the end of the show on the chain wrestling twitter account so you can go and check that out um he says an everyday occurrence in london and it's a not very pleasant individual being not very pleasant but again drink does funny things <laughs> i mean that looks like drink maybe mixed with severe mental health issues yes very possibly mate very possibly but i suppose living in london could do that to people yeah because london i mean london is shit Yes, simple as that. It is. It is. Um, oh, let me scan through here. Ah, at UTT Rob sent to us via DM. Um, ah. He says, one time when he was a teenager, his parent. Uh, sorry, one time when I was a teenager, his parents were away. Um, to, he said he cycled to Morrison's and got a massive bottle of strong Perry, which I'm guessing cider mags, isn't it? Perry is like pear cider. Right, okay. It was the largest, cheapest thing they had. Went home and drank it. Um, Getting pretty smashed, I'd imagine. Um, He realised in the middle of the night that his parents would find the bottle in the bin and he'd get in trouble. So in his drunken wisdom at this moment in time, he decided to run out, take it out the bin whilst his parents were asleep and bury it somewhere in the back garden. (laughs) (laughs) That's, I mean, dramatic. He said he never, um, he never drank Perry cider again. Um, it's I can imagine that because you make bad decisions, don't you? When you drink, you make really sometimes you can make really silly decisions that you think at the time. Uh, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. I mean, I'll tell you very briefly about one I've, I've got now. I remember having an absolutely insane session to the point where I believe I was. I, I must have been, you know, had some form of alcohol poisoning because of what was consumed that weekend. Mm. And I stayed around a mate's house who I'm no longer in contact with. I'm not going to give his name. He's a piece of shit. So I'm quite glad I did this now, looking back in hindsight. Um, I was that hammered. I can. It's almost like an out-of-body experience. I can remember doing it. And I can remember watching myself do this. But it weren't for like two weeks later that I could remember this happening, if, if that makes sense. Um, I stood up absolutely smashed off my face um in in his bedroom because i was sleeping on the floor he was on his on his bed i couldn't make it to the toilet because i was stumbling all over the place so to find somewhere i don't know what my mind was thinking secretive maybe i don't know someone tucked away um i pulled up the carpet and the underlay in the corner of his bedroom pissed in the corner of his room on the floorboards and then put the carpet back down and just went back to sleep now the issue was about where where did you think the piss would go i don't know that's the point <laughs> i don't know um i must have been about 16 17 around this time i think um it, the thing was i reckon i don't know a month later six weeks later they were moving house and i heard well, i was i was in the house when they were talking about the smell in the bed in the box bedroom uh, <laughs> and, a and weird smell of piss in this yeah car. and like the, the, the underlay was apparently like really manky and moldy and just, yeah <laughs> and i was just like uh 
I've got to go now. <laughs> Every time we stand in that corner, we get a, a yellow wet sock. I don't yeah, know what's going on here. What's going on? Um, <laughs> oh. oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. Um, let me just scan through this very quickly because this is uh, in a few different parts here. This is from um, George Burns we have here. Okay. Uh, 1847. That one was sent 3631. Okay, he says wild turkey is a drink he doesn't drink anymore, which I'm assuming oh, yeah. that sounds like a type of whiskey, Max. Is that right? Yeah, wild turkey is a cracking whiskey, it's a, okay. a, a bourbon. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, he says he and a friend went out to blow off some steam one Monday night, started drinking shots, and he suggested that had three of them and was all he could taste for days. Uh, it is. It's not a, a whiskey, I'd say, that has an overly long kind of aftertaste, but I suppose if you're not used to it, a, then, yeah, it can have an aftertaste, I suppose. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not a massive whiskey fan, but I'll tell you what, I was drinking Bells that night I weed under that carpet. <laughs> I can remember that. The classiest whiskey mm. of all, Bells. But that's, but that's mine. That's that's one of my things. That's that's Bells now is something I cannot drink anymore mm-hmm. because of how ill I was that night. Because I was very very sick after I you know pissed on the underlay, you know. So. <laughs> I mean, you were sick whilst you were doing it. To be fair, I, I wasn't actually. I wasn't. I was sick the next day a lot. I was really really poorly. Um. This George Burns, really good of you to send us messages here. I think I'm missing the first one. Um, let me just have a quick look. Hold on a second. I apologize. Yeah, I'm not finding him on, on the chat. So whilst you're doing that, I'll cover uh, our head honcho radio tech is yes. Tanner. Um, he said uh, he went to a high school uh, house party, had to use the the, the bathroom walked in and found two very attractive girls who were clothed in the bathtub together, very, very drunk. One of the girls started singing Stand By Me. The other girl said how beautiful that song was. They started kissing each other. A young Tanner obviously thought he'd stick around. they see where where the night would take him. Then one of the (laughs) girls vomited on the girl who was singing, uh, which then caused the singing girl to vomit on the other. He left the restroom and went outside. The end. Brilliant story. What a great story. What an absolutely great story by, by Tanner Pruitt here. Here in, in the chat, Tanner Pruitt people. You reprobate. <laughs> <laughs> um, George Burns again, uh, and it is at George B01065217 on Twitter. Um, he sent us a story here that's in a few different parts, but the order is kind of jumbled, so please bear with me. But he basically says, uh, he was at a bar with some of his friends, um, ended up speaking to some girls there. His mates wanted to leave. He said, no, I'm staying because he's thinking, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm odds on here. So he gives the keys to his place to his friends where they want to go and carry on the party and so on. Um, he speaks to these girls a little bit longer, says about coming back to his. Uh, she throws a drink in his face and says, you got to know me pretty well last weekend, actually. So obviously he's already met up with this young lady the week before and has forgotten so he looks pretty poor in her eyes um decides to leave uh and join his friends at the party he's walking along trying to catch them his place was about a 15 minute walk from the city center so he calls them he asks them to slow down and he'll catch up they tell me they've taken a little detour 
I follow the detour and there's no sign of them anywhere. Eventually, I'm told they're back at his place. So he heads straight home to find effectively a construction site set up in his living room. Um, <laughs> one of them had fallen through a paper door covering of an Argos being fitted out, one of his friends. There was a table saw, a men at work sign, high vis vests, hard hats everywhere, and rather randomly, a stank or drain cover he has here in brackets. Um, so they've basically robbed all this stuff and took it to his flat, <laughs> which is fantastic. Can you imagine walking into your flat and seeing all this stuff? Um, he was furious he'd done that until he'd seen the stank. Uh, and he says he kept the men at work sign for many years in his bedroom as a reminder of that night. I had a I had a thing about collecting road signs for a little while, to be honest. I don't know if my mum, dad or sister are in the chat. I don't think they are this week. Well, you're stealing road signs. Collecting, Mags. Yeah, but collecting without having permission to collect. Well, my way of thinking about it is... Um, stealing. They, I was going to give them back at one stage. I'm borrowing. <laughs> Did you get them late at night when there was nobody around? Yes. So you 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 stole the road signs essentially. Yes. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> but um, the issue was it wasn't just stealing the road signs. Um, sometimes we'd be middle of the afternoon. It was the lamppost. <laughs> yeah, the garden I, full of lamppost. One of the worst ones was I had like the um the red and white striped barrier that goes around the um the, you know and they're like, working on the holes on the floor. Mm-hmm. And there's also like, a crowd barrier. It's about six foot whatever long red and white striped things. I decided I wanted one of them. Um, but this is middle of the afternoon. I've been I've been drinking in my local with my friend Ari, and I saw this hole in the ground they were working on. I thought I'm just gonna take it home. Um, and again, I'm still living at my parents at this stage. I'm 17, 18, whatever it may have been. Um, so it was almost like a double jeopardy thing. It was almost like a double a double challenge because you had to get away with taking the road sign, the traffic cone, the flashing lights, whatever it was you were, you were acquiring that evening or afternoon. But then I had to get it in the house past my parents as well. <laughs> and a big orange flashing light coming, right. sneaking oh, oh, oh. up the stairs. Well, I'll get to the orange flashing light in just a second. But I remember I remember opening the front door and the stairs to my bedroom were directly in front of me in the hallway. I mean, Sharon will know this because my parents still live in the same house now. So, of course, my wife has been around there. Um, but the front door is a direct right turn. Um, I've got this long red and white shiny barricade and I'm thinking, I've got to get this upstairs. I get halfway up the stairs and I have a, Shall we say a little bit of a stumble because I'm I'm sure I'm tired, Max. It's been a bit of a walk. Let's say that, shall we? And um, my dad comes out the front room, takes one look at me. I was like, stink of booze, I stink of cigarettes. I got this bloody great road sign, and he did. My dad looks me straight in the eyes and goes, "I can't be arsed with dealing with your mum if she sees you with that. Get it upstairs quick, and I won't say a fucking word." And he goes back <laughs> in the front. <laughs> and he went back in the front room. <laughs> He should have given you an hand with it if he were if he had anything about it. To be fair, <laughs> well, yeah, potentially. Um, the yellow flashing light. You remember the, the, the box yellow flashing lights there on the roadworks? Yeah, with, I was wondering about them with a big square battery. Yeah, yeah, I thought this is great. So I was got, I went out the Friday night and I got hold of one. Um, I put it in the back room, hid it under some clothes and some washing and, and stuff like out on the table. Again, don't know why I hid it like that on the dining room table, but that was just what I did. Same, I don't know why, you know, um, went up to bed. Following day, got up, went to football, came home, had a shower, went up to town with the boys. Um, and my mum explained that her and my dad were quite surprised that um, it suddenly started just glowing yellow in their back room whilst they were watching television. They thought some someone was landing in the back garden or something <laughs> when this light was just flashing on and off, like, you know, because they're on a framing timer. I didn't know they were on a timer. So I don't know what I thought, whether people walked around turning them on manually or what, but... 
<laughs> wow. Um, Andy in the chat saying he stole a foot and mouth outbreak road sign and managed to get it on board a flight to Cavos and put it up in his uh, in his apartment. That is that is outstanding. Outstanding. That is glorious. And uh, Sharon says she's surprised that the flashing light is not in your dad's shed, to be Do fair. You know what? Actually, it might well be. It might well be. I wouldn't surprise me at all if some of the stuff is in. I know when my dad um, was doing recovery truck driving part-time, he'd have his other jobs, and then he started doing the recovery truck driving. He was moaning that they weren't giving him enough traffic cones when he was pulling over on the side of the road and felt da- he felt it was dangerous and stuff. So I just got pissed one night and rolled him another traffic cones. So he had a load of extra traffic cones to use when From he went a, out. a totally different road incident. Yeah. But make yeah. sure your so, dad was fine. <laughs> and my dad was over the moon because he had a couple of extra traffic cones to use. So he was happy yeah. about that. <laughs> um, the magnificent Matt Willis at the Matt Attack UK. Our good buddy Matt, who is doing fantastic stuff at the moment for charity, fundraising for mm-hmm. prostate cancer research, yeah. isn't it, Magsy? Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, it's it's been shared, retweeted, and so on on the Chain Wrestling's social media. You can find Matt's Twitter himself at the Matt Attack UK. Uh, find that, track that down. Matt's been sharing it. We've been sharing it. And, and donate some bloody money. Even if it's just a fiver, whatever, uh, it all helps. Just I mean, what can you get for a fiver? You can't get a pack of fags and a point for a fiver no more. So you might as well exactly. just donate to the charity, mate. And and he's uh, doing eleven thousand steps uh, minimum per day for the mm-hmm. whole for the whole of uh, September. Yeah, he's uh, doing great work. Uh, good on him. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely go and do- if you can afford, definitely go and donate. And if you can't, go and rob some uh, traffic cones, sell them on, and then donate the proceeds. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> uh, Matt says he's got a couple of stories. He was in Blackpool with his mates, and one of them, uh, we'll call him Trevor because that's his name. <laughs> <laughs> After having so much to drink, decided to try and dive into the sea from the pier, um, but the tide was out. Okay, that, I'm guessing that's not a clever move then for tides out just diving straight into into wet sand essentially um matt says he ended up having to literally spear him a la edge off the sea defense to stop him from diving headfirst onto the beach um another one is when he was also out with trevor and he kept being larry uh this time he wouldn't shut up and kept harassing someone after the group we were with somehow smashed the toilet bowl (laughs) He said that he threatened to give him a stunner. He kept going and going until ultimately Matt in the middle of the boozer gave him a stone cold stunner. Now that is yes. something I would love to see. Just That's randomly be at a bar and turn around and see a bloke like Matt just randomly give someone a full on stone cold stunner. That would be fantastic. And I hope, I hope his mate had a gob full of booze at the time as well and fell back and sprayed it like Shane McMahon used to. Yeah, sold it like uh, Scott Hall. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay where are we here we go um anya my daughter anya bassett at anya nicole underscore 14 on twitter and she said um, i have to make sure the picture is up on, yeah, on the screen I'm not sure because that's her that's her boyfriend that is i'm not I mean, sure we should be showing that there he is this guy <laughs> right here i'm not sure we should be showing that and you're like yeah that's the one <laughs> you prick <laughs> this is the guy yeah. right here um harv as in harvey her boyfriend was found passed out in with his trousers down when he got dropped off at anya's house both his mum and anya's mum had to grab his arms and had to kick his ass to get him out of the car he then face planted into the road which of course he would do if somebody's pulling his arms and you're kicking his butt he's gonna fly straight out onto his face mm-hmm. that's just 
you know, physics. <laughs> I can Biology. do science. <laughs> Um, his neighbor's uh, and his neighbor's cat then used Harvey as a sleigh inside the house. He's such a clown. See, to me, you look at that picture this there, right here. That's that's part of a learning curve for me at some and state or another. That's going to get a cheeky laugh and retweet. Is it really just to make sure everybody knows that Harvey oh, is a, Harvey is a drunken mess? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Okay, and finally, from my side, Mags, we have um, Andy from Bang Bang Podcast, again, via a DM, and this was sent right before we went on air. So, Andy, that's awesome. Thank you so, so much for taking the time to do this. Um, he says, some late entries for Drunk Stories. Uh, many moons ago, when he was young, three, and single, he went on a date with a girl, attempted to impress her by dining a flaming Sambuca, um, ended up vomiting fire on her feet. <laughs> Oh, amazing. Later that night, he attempted to perform an intricate dance move with her, and she ended up dislocating her kneecap. So he's, he's scolded her, yeah. gave her third-degree burns, and then dislocated her kneecap. Brilliant. Yeah, exactly. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. He took her to A&E in Tor- Torbay. Is that how you say it? T-O-R-B-A-Y? Is that right? Torbay? Yeah. Torbay? Torbay, yeah. Torbay, okay. Um he was pissed up and fell asleep in the reception for several hours. When he woke up, he couldn't find her anywhere. Rang her phone. She was back in Bristol. Where did it come <laughs> She'd from? gone home and fucking left him. Um, <laughs> her parents had picked her up. Andy had been asleep in A&E for about six hours. <laughs> wow, that is brilliant. And I oh. hope they saw him and thought, yeah, leave that fucker there. We're going. And he, uh, he confirmed the second day never happened shock no, you 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 astound me that he didn't get a second date um oh, dear me. we've got another quick dan griffin story here in the chat uh on his brother's stag uh in portugal one guy couldn't handle the day sesh and spooned all over the the floor outside his room my dad went to mock him as he slept it off and slipped in the cleaned up sick. Oh, no. He had not long had his hip replaced and narrowly avoided cracking the back of his head on a step, but he was so drunk, he popped right up, back up and laughed his ass off. So he no-sold it. He essentially kipped up and no-sold it. That's brilliant. Unbelievable. Oh, absolutely fantastic stuff, everybody. Again, on Twitter, uh, in the DMs, wherever. We're not ignoring this one here from uh, uh, Scottish Danny. Says, Which one's that? Is, is this the day that we finally oh, yes. get to hear the much-anticipated story involving police and Aerosmith? Yes, that okay, yes. Is You're the right. day. That's I nearly forgot about that, actually. Yeah, thank you, Dan. Um, okay, first of all, it doesn't directly involve Aerosmith. I wasn't out with Aerosmith, okay? It's not like... <laughs> Stephen Tyler. <laughs> yeah, just, just, <laughs> just me and the Smith lads just hanging around, having a couple of, couple of cans of special brew on the street in the London corner. Okay, basically, going back, it must be oh, pushing 20 years ago now, um, Aerosmith were playing an outdoor show in London. Um, the venue, I'd have to have a look on the back of the T-shirt, which I do still have somewhere, but it doesn't fit me anymore. My daughter sleeps in it now, where I'm far too wide to fit into that. Um, I believe it was Hyde Park, but uh, yeah. Basically, it was a situation where we would drive so far from Gloucester, 
me, my friend, my girlfriend at the time, and I believe there was a fourth person with us, but again, I'm jogging my memory right now, I can't remember. Um, we had drive so far to, I believe, Oxford and get the park and ride from Oxford to London. Um, so that, that's what we did, and we were leaving quite early in the morning, and as was tradition then and is normally quite often now, I'm not going to lie, when I go to gigs, I'll start drinking relatively early. Um, so I, me and my, my, my friend had consumed a, a decent amount of, of cans by the time we'd reached the park and ride. Um, the festival opened, it was like an all day or two day festival, maybe. And this was the Saturday and Aerosmith headline the Saturday. Um, we arrived there about midday ish, I think, um, to, yeah, it must've been about midday after or something like that when the doors opened. So we must've been left Gloucester seven-ish maybe i would assume so i was drinking cans all that time all the way up got to um got to oxford got on the park and ride we're told very strictly do not drink or consume alcohol on this coach so we'd already made plans for this and had emptied out um vodka and coke into big two liter bottles of of coke so it just looked like coca-cola so we were just swigging out of these you know effectively half and halves or whatever my friend had made it was quite rough um oh bloody hell magsy that picture of me's back in the corner for crying out loud um i arrived at the viewers requested it unfortunately i arrived at hyde park um shall we say a little tipsy um where we were parking up you had you had effectively park and ride spots they were all down the one side of the road and then you had two lanes of traffic one way, two lanes of traffic the other way, and then Hyde Park. Mm-hmm. So we were parking up the other side, and it had been raining all day. It had been lashing down in London all day, all weekend, all, all week, whatever it was. You know. And they they had some some security guys there, some stewards, all the high-vis people, you know, who were helping with the festival, who I think originated um, originated originally from maybe Nazi Germany. Because they were, <laughs> they were very, very enthusiastic and stern about what they, what they thought was right and wrong, and what you were allowed to do and what you were not allowed to do. And if you caused any trouble, you know, they were going to get the police involved. And there was police at either end of the road, and all. This, and they were very, you know, literally just getting off the bus. They were barking at us and saying, "You do this, you do that, you go this way. We're in charge of the traffic and all this sort of stuff." Um, so we had to go through this subway. Uh, you know, it's relatively wide, just walking subway down, cuts under the traffic, comes right up by the gate to get into the, the Hyde Park entrance. I keep saying Hyde Park, it may have been somewhere else, but I'll, I'll use Hyde Park for the benefit of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, we got down the stairs, me, my girlfriend at the time, and my, my friends, and where it had been raining so much, the subway had filled up with water. Not wow. filled up, filled up, but it was up to, in my mind, I think it was up to my waist. But my friend, when I was talking to him at the festival I went to last weekend, said it wasn't that high. I'm remembering this wrong because I was pretty smashed, he said. But he had to roll his trousers up above his knees, he remembers. Um, So he took his shoes and socks off, rolled his trousers up. My girlfriend at the time basically hitched her skirt up and took her shoes off. I looked at it and and it was like dirty brown rainwater and it was a lot. It was still raining as well. And these stewards were really screaming and shouting, you get down there, you must do this, you must must walk through that. You're not allowed to cross that road. You're not allowed to cross that road. And the police have said, we're not allowed to let anyone cross that road. No one can cross, stay off the traffic because that's where the coach is. I'm thinking, all right, mate, calm down, fucking hell. You know, I just want to go watch a few bands have a couple more beers, you know? Mm -hmm. But I'm looking at this, this thing and I'm thinking, nah, there could be needles or turds or anything in that water. I ain't walking through that. So 
my friends have gone. They're halfway across. They're wading through. They're like, I don't know, some kind of a, a, a explorer in the undergrowth or whatever, ferreting through this. Tur- Scuba diving all the yeah, way yeah. through this shit. That's it. <laughs> they're ferreting through this, this, this turd water, you know, um, this, this needle Nile, I guess, for want of a better term. It's like a river full of God knows what. And um, I'm sort of looking and I'm thinking, I ain't doing that, no chance. And I glance over and I think, I can make that looking at the lines of traffic. I mean, I could, I can make that. I'm, I'm thinking I'm quite athletic still. I wasn't, but in any stretch of imagination, but I mean, I was in better, in better lick than I am now. And I'm looking, I'm thinking I can make that. Okay. There's two lanes of traffic. Then there's a fence and then two lanes of traffic. And I'm looking at the fence and it weren't very high. Maybe, I don't know, my waist, just above my waist. I'm thinking if I've got enough speed up crossing the traffic, one jump, I'm over that fence, keep running. I'm in the crowd. They ain't going to find me. No chance they're going to find me. And these you know, stewards are screaming and shouting to the point where there's a policeman coming by again. And it really did feel like some sort of, you know, real sort of military operation, getting yeah. these people to go and watch it. It was ridiculous. Um, I'm looking, I think it's just a fence. It's just one flat piece of wire. I can clear that. No problem. So I have a look. And when the traffic lights at the one end changed or the, the policeman stopped the traffic at one end, I'm looking, I think, okay, there's a gap in the traffic there. There's a gap in the traffic coming the other side. Now's my chance. And it was like the game Crossy Road, you know, you're trying to line up the gaps in the traffic either way. Or, or Horace goes skiing, for those of you who are a little bit older, and you have to cross the road to get the skis on the, on the old Spectrum or Amstrad, if you remember. And I'm thinking, once I go, I go. I can't stop because they're saying they get the police involved if they catch you on the road. I'm looking, I'm thinking, go. And I just... I just da, 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 da. To, to the point where I'm that committed I'm that committed I put half a can down to make this run okay <laughs> I've gone and I'm running across it and I'm thinking I'm, this is brilliant and I'm, I look at the fence and I'm, I'm just one big jump one big hurdle and in my head I'm picturing something from the Olympics you know the one leg over the second leg follows I'm, I'm really majestically my hair blowing behind me in the wind and the rain and I'm thinking, oh, I've got no turds on my shoes, pal. I'm happy, you know? So I'm really going for it. And I jump, and in midair, I remember looking down and thinking, that's not an ordinary fence. Okay, that's a security fence. So rather than being one flat fence, one flat couple of wires, it was actually V-shaped if you took a cross-section of it. Mm-hmm. So whereas I was thinking I was going to jump over one piece, clear it, go, this fence was actually a couple of foot wide. Now, I hadn't prepared for that, and I was really committed. <laughs> and I I ended up dropping into this, this, it's almost <laughs> like, um, yeah, basically. So it's like, um, if you imagine uh, bike locks that you get sometimes, they have the rubber outing around the metal cable on the inside. That's what this fence was made of, but it was covered in vandal paint. So I drop into this, this thing. And, and when I tried to fight to get out, if I was sober, I could have just hopped out and carried on going. But when I tried to fight to get out, I grabbed one of the cables, fell a bit more, and ended up tangled up in the middle of this fence. <laughs> oh, my God. My legs are up in the air. My arm was sticking out. But I'm still fighting, thinking, oh, my, and I can hear people screaming and shouting, get that bloke, he shouldn't be doing that. I'm going, oh, shit. I, I've spent 60-odd quid here to see Aerosmith. My mates at this stage are on the other side of the road already. They've, they've made it. They're, they're pissing themselves. They think this is hysterical. And I, all I can think of is, I'm not going to get to see Aerosmith. You know, the, the answer, uh, Chris Cornell was there. This is a good lineup. And I'm thinking, I've traveled all this way. Uh, and the fact that I'm smashed at midday probably doesn't do me any favors. And I'm stuck in this fence. What the hell? So I'm, basically I'm thinking, okay, the only choice I have is when they get me out, I've got to make a second run for it. <laughs> 
I'll, um, I'll let them rescue me, and then I'm going <laughs> to run away. <laughs> that was my plan. So these these two security people came over. What was one was a young lass, and one was quite an, an older guy. Probably it's probably my age now. This older guy who who was with me that's sort of, sort of forty to, to mid forties, maybe. And he was very, very cross. This young girl was laughing. She thought it was fantastic. This guy was very, very cross. And he was shouting for this young girl to call the police over because I shouldn't have done this. And he was really, you know, he was really on his, he was very proud of his high vis jacket. He was, I'll tell you that now. Um, they basically untangled me. I had vandal paint across my face. Like I was painting myself. Like, like, sort of <laughs> like, like, um, like the stalker, like yeah. uh, Barry Windham. <laughs> there you go. Barry Windham. Yeah. Um, the Aerosmith t-shirt, if I can find it in time for, for next week's show, the week after the show, I'll, I'll find your shirt. There is actually still a line of vandal paint stained onto it that you can't get out. Whereas I got tangled up in this fit. Um, they basically got me out and the young girl just let go of me and almost gave me a nod. As if to say she knew what I was thinking. Like, just she go knew for your it. Plan. She knew <laughs> you what know? the plan was. <laughs> so, so she sort of let me go. And I sort of looked at the old guy and he had hold of my denim jacket like this. And I thought, well, I'm not going to leave my jacket because that's the one with the patches on the back and everything. I worked hard on that. Thought, but if I just, I just fucking shrug my shoulders and I ran because in my head, I'm thinking black t shirt, jeans, denim jacket. That's what every fucker's wearing over there. There's 60,000 of us over there. If I can get in there, they won't find me. And I had to zigzag through this bloody traffic, avoid this <laughs> flaming mopeds that came out of nowhere. Right? <laughs> Fucking crypto factory in his way into the <laughs> festival. Brilliant. <laughs> I, I stumble over the curb, bump into my friend who helps me back onto my feet. And then you know, he basically muscles me into the crowd behind him. So the, this security guy, again, I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll call him Adolf just for the sake of it. He's yelling... <laughs> he's yelling across you come back you you know um and that yeah that was it so yeah uh that was that's that's basically the i, I saw aerosmith they were fantastic uh, it rained all day i got soaking wet but aerosmith put on a brilliant show the guy from run dmc was there and did walk his way with them it was a great great time it was a great time that is an amazing story yeah, it was fun. It was fun. But I got a few of those when it comes to gigs and so on. Um, Anya there in the chat, the jacket, her mum sewed patches. No, no, Anya, no. This is my my denim jacket with different patches on and so on. The one your mum sewed patches on for me when we were together years and years ago, that's long gone. Um, this one's a different jacket. and Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's It was fun. It was fun. Um, but that's kind of an insight as to what I did when it came to getting to see bands I wanted to see. There's a few other stories sleeping rough to see wasp a couple of times and stuff like that that maybe we'll get into another time but yeah there we go so i suppose i hope everyone's happy that they finally heard the aerosmith story i was panicked that it was built up a little bit too much maybe not so it, it lived <laughs> up to the hat uh dan griffin in the chat saying uh did the vandal paint uh come off and the answer is no that's why sarah has a beard uh because it's yeah, got to cover that know, yeah. <laughs> but yeah great story loved it uh good stuff i'm glad um Okay, I suppose well over an hour into the show, we better talk a bit of wrestling, Magsy. I suppose, aren't we? Do we, I mean we don't need to? That's enough. We can always no. uh, turn in next week, but uh, let's do it. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. Okie dokie, then Magsy won the poll. Um, oh, did I? Did I win the poll? Did, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Oh, I'll tell you what, that comment of Sharon's there is spot on, actually. Sorry to go back to the non-wrestling thing we said. Yeah, I slept rough. That was in 
that was in Dursley seeing Wasp the night before we got kicked out of our house because our landlord was an asshole and what and Sharon was eight and a half months pregnant at the time. That's a story oh, wow. for another day. Yeah, that was not that was not a fun afternoon. But we'll get to that another time, maybe. Um Magsy won the poll. So yeah. I'll tell you, I'm I'm quite surprised, actually. I'm quite I'm surprised. Not because this match wasn't entertaining, but I'm surprised because it's from the exact same event as the, the week before his match. I thought it's, that might have gone a, against it's a, it. It's essentially the match after, pretty yeah. much. The, the match after this. So, yeah, um, it was very tight, a close uh, a close run thing. Um, it could have gone either way, but, uh, yeah, uh, uh, eked out a victory. Yeah, I, 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 I thought that was going to work against it. The fact that we'd already been in 2002 and this exact pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Um, I also thought that War Games being, um, uh, well, the best War Games match, in my opinion, pre-NXT, shall we say, because I don't want to get into that argument mm-hmm. again with, with people who, who love the NXT War Games. The, the old school War Games, the Jim Crockett Promotions, NWA stuff, and the lineup that that match had with Rick Rude, who was ultimately the link I used, Dustin Rhodes, Steamboat, Steve Austin, Bobby Eaton, all the Orange and all these wonderful guys. I'm really shocked that that didn't win. But watching this match back, whereas it it was only sort of 16 minutes long or whatever it was, it was far better than I remember it being, Max. Yeah, um, it's a, a really good kind of passing the torch style match. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's I think the how with how good Sean Triple H was from this pay per view, this match maybe I didn't look back on as favourably, because I remember how good Sean Triple H was. So watching this back, for probably the first time in a couple of years, um, the first thing that really hits me, Maxie, is how fast the match is. Yeah. It seems um, like... They they just blitz through so much, don't they? And how big and yet agile Brock is. Yeah. Uh, This is, what, he's not even six months into his his original running in, uh, in the company. Uh, just absolutely decimating through everyone. Uh, won the King of the Ring, uh, choked out Hulk Hogan uh, in, in the run-up to this. Uh, the, you get that image of him spearing the blood over his chest. Yeah, this Brock looked like he was carved out of granite. Vince McMahon definitely masturbated over this Brock multiple times. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What an image I do not want anyone to have to think about. <laughs> uh, what was... um? What, what, what was your thoughts then, Maxime? When was the last time you saw this but before before this week for this show? And what was your thoughts watching it back? Yeah, I, I, I kind of like you. I, um, it's not a show, a match that I'll go back to watch pretty regularly, mm. but I always remember it from, from the posters. Uh, the, uh, this was a period of, uh, of, of WWE where uh, they were doing some great, really kind of cool poster work, and there's one where there's uh, rocks in his, uh, his iconic kind of a pause where he pauses at the top of the, the turnbuckle with one fist up in the air. Uh, that's a, a really cool poster, and then you've got the one where they face off, and Brock looks absolutely uh, deranged, um, so, um, yeah, I, I remember the match being, uh, being relatively quick. I remember it being fast paced, uh, and it being kind of like the, the crowning of what I think Denny was the youngest WWE champion that they, they'd had in history. Uh, and 
the quickest as well, going from from uh, his debut in the com- company, uh, essentially to being being um, the, the the big dog. Um, I thought, yeah, uh, it'd be a cool match to go and revisit, and uh, luckily it won. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It, again, sixteen minutes in, that the match ultimately finishes, but mm-hmm. barring a spot, I suppose three quarters of the way through, where we have a bear hug, which uh, my my thoughts on the bear hug in modern wrestling is is quite well known but in this instance it really works barring that it seems like it was so quick i don't know if it was a case of they had time cut and they were rushing through it or if it was literally supposed to be this fast a contest anyway but i was i was really took back by how quickly both of these guys worked together how quickly they moved through certain moves and it seemed like there wasn't an occasion watching again barring the bear hug uh, three quarters of the way through that allowed the viewer to sort of catch their breath, I guess. No, absolutely not. And uh, this was at a period where Brock was essentially doing what Goldberg did, just destroying people in three minutes, uh, wrecking everybody uh, and moving on. So this was probably one of his longest matches uh, up to up to this point, And yet it still felt very fast paced. And the whole kind of build up with the, the, the bear hug is because, uh, uh, Rock had injured ribs. He'd been uh, attacked by, uh, I think it was Triple H and Undertaker. So essentially, the build-up to this match was um, Brock won King of the Ring, which got guaranteed him a title shot at, um, at uh, SummerSlam. But in the build-up to SummerSlam, we had a triple threat at Vengeance, which was the, the, the Rock and Kurt Angle and Undertaker, which the Rock ended up winning. Uh, he was then attacked by Triple H, who I think was uh, was saying that that should have been his position, uh, and he went into this match with with the injured ribs, uh, essentially, uh, which makes the majority of the story in this match because the focus is on how much damage Brock can keep doing to those to those ribs. Yeah. Um, we well before we actually start the match, we have did you did you see the sort of little interaction before? Okay. With the Howard thing calling, I did. Yes, what was got... going on there? <laughs> this was heel Howard Finkel. Um, yeah, he had he... heel Howard Finkel. Yeah, he was having an issue with uh, Lillian Garcia, kind of uh, taking his spotlight, um, and it led to him getting kicked square in the potato sack. Uh, and that was a brutal kick. She put a lot of effort into that to the point where she fell over kicking Howard Finkel in the, in the spuds, but he did get to hook Trish Strauss. I mean, would you take a kick in the spuds for that? I would. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't go. think I need to, I don't think I need to state that. I don't think that's news to anybody, is it? <laughs> so yeah, there we go. Ah, oh, Trish. Um, a little disappointed that we have Jim Ross then throw the commentary over to Michael Cole and Taz. Not that they did a bad job, but I'm a massive Jim Ross fan, as everyone knows. So I was a little bit like, yeah. ah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, um, and th- this was when they had split brands, though. Uh, Jim Ross was obviously on Raw. and This was uh, essentially a SmackDown match, even though I think uh, Brock at this time was was uh, kind of almost like a free agent. Uh, it was essentially a SmackDown match, so that's why we got uh, casual, casual wearing Michael Cole in his little polo neck and uh, and Taz, yeah, in his orange suit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's an interesting chap, isn't he? Um, if it's someone who shapes like Taz shouldn't really wear orange. Do you know what I mean? Unless they're working for for Willy Wonka, you know they they shouldn't do that. Um, 
I love the rock's entrance here. That's Max Van Ostra. <laughs> no, that was brilliant. Um, I love the rock's entrance here, lying the belt down, almost like, let's say, crossing the line, so to speak, mm-hmm. at the top of the entranceway, and then sprinting to the ring. It kind of really sets the tone for how quick and uh, and speedy this match. Well, I say I say the match is quick. It's not. It's a good length of time. But what happens happens so quickly, and and the rock's entrance kicks that off straight away i think doesn't it yeah and and i think the the whole kind of uh point of the entrance was that that rock was was really worried this was um brock was was absolutely wrecking everybody in in the in the company and he was a scary scary dude and that was uh kind of rock realizing he'd have to hit the ground running uh, mm-hmm. So he runs into the ring, slides in. He starts off pretty quick, gets a few uh, gets a few punches in, uh, and then it quickly goes sideways for the Rock, and he uh, he gets the living piss beat out of him for for big periods in this match. Yeah, yeah. My wife there in the chat stating that she loves the Rock. Uh, she does. She's like we the same. Yeah, she she likes him for a different reason. Um, <laughs> unless Magsy he floats your boat, I don't know. I mean, I've um, got, I don't know if you can see it there, but I've got the old rock tattoo. Ah, okay. Burnley Bull. <laughs> the Burnley Bull, yeah. The Burnley Bull. <laughs> yeah, and my wife here is saying she doesn't like Brock Lesnar so much, which is, again... Is well, that was the point. That was the point of the, the character of Brock Lesnar. You weren't meant to like him. You were meant to fear him. Mm, yeah. Um, early on, we get a really impressive... I suppose military press, I guess, is the right term, whether or guerrilla press, where where Brock Lesnar holds the rock above his head when he's on the outside, but he's making it look like he's picking up, I don't know, Marco Stunt or Spike yeah. Dudley or someone like that. When this guy, the Rock, he's what two hundred and seventy pounds, two hundred sixty pounds or whatever. Yeah, six foot four, two hundred seventy pounds. Yeah. It just shows how how amazing a, a specimen Brock was. He like him or love him, he is a generational talent. You yeah. will not, you will not get uh, many wrestlers like Brock in in your lifetime. So, um, love him or hate him, once he actually does retire, we're losing a, a massive attraction in wrestling. I think. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, Sharon in the chat there is saying she's not going to get into that now. I will tell her off. Me and my wife constantly, not constantly, but we do have regular discussions about Brock Lesnar because my wife hates him. And again, entitled to to your opinion, of course. I love you're, Brock. Your wrong opinion. <laughs> I love Brock. Um, my wife can, you know, she can see that he's he's got certain talents, of course, and he's he's important to the business. She just personally doesn't enjoy watching his stuff, and so on, which is fair enough. There's some guys, some wrestlers, I don't enjoy watching as well. Yeah, um, I mean, I suppose the the Brock uh, of recent times, he he comes in and does as little as he can for the most amount of money, mm. which is great business. But when he has a match that um, he he's maybe facing someone a bit smaller, a bit of an underdog, Brock can go with the best of them. He really yeah. can. His matches with AJ, his match with uh, Daniel Bryan, um, absolutely amazing matches. Um, Brock Brock can certainly hold his own in the wrestling ring. Yeah, and I think these early runs show that as well. Mm-hmm. Especially you know from from this run here, you get. I mean, he's it's really fast. I, I suppose again, he's he's winning his first world title here in August. He's turned face in November at Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, he's he's dropped the belt at Survivor Series, the big the, show. The big show, yeah. yeah. He then wins the Rumble in January, 
main events WrestleMania in late March, early April. Mm-hmm. So we're looking it's at what, nine, nine months, and he's um, seen as the number one guy in the company. Yeah, I mean, it, you could see the kind of writing on the wall from the first day that he, he came into the company. I mean, it, he was meant to destroy uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin in his first match in the the lead up to King of the Ring, and and, and Stone Cold essentially took his ball and went home, said he wasn't willing to to, mm-hmm. to lose to Brock. Um, but then when he came in, and I think his first you first see him when he destroys the Hardys. And just yeah. absolutely mauls them, and you knew that this was a guy who was either going to uh, fall flat on his face and be and uh, burn out quickly, or he was going to be a big star for years to come. And thankfully, we got the latter. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, we have Paul Heyman interfering a lot earlier. A, ve- a very svelte Paul Heyman as well. Uh, a very slim and, and slath yeah. Paul Heyman, looking good yeah. in this time. And it's funny how that, that, that baseball cap takes 15 years off him. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's like when the cap's on... Because it's covering up his bald head. Yeah, exactly. When the cap's off, he's 15 years older. Puts it mm-hmm. on, 15 years younger. It's quite, you know... Uh, is that why you wear yours? Because I'm bald. Yeah, I wish it was. <laughs> 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 oh, speaking of which, Tanner, I can see, is still commenting in the chat. And we're talking about baseball caps. Tanner, there's been a couple of videos on Radio Tegas recently that you do, and you're not wearing the baseball cap that I'm used to. Stop yes. this, please. It's yeah. very unnerving. And especially when he had the kind of like Amish beard yeah. and no moustache thing. Yeah. yeah. I, I In think... fact, very much like uh, the Undertaker from the uh, the Ministry of Darkness era, the higher oh. power. He had that kind yeah. of like that beard. Old yeah. Satan's silly beard time, wasn't it? You know, <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, I'm definitely bringing that up on the next episode of Techers. Satan's <laughs> silly beard. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. So, Tanner, you know, take that on board, please, my friend. A little bit of a constructive, constructive criticism. criticism. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you got a hat on or whatever, please, mate. You just look, you just look odd. I'm not going to lie. You just look odd. <laughs> Tanner's beard inspired Mason Mount's current facial hair. Brilliant. Thanks, Dan, in the chat. <laughs> um, Heyman interferes with, I suppose, very old school, straightforward um, manager interference. He, he, he cups the rock's foot as he's running the ropes. He gives him a little kick when the ref's not looking and the rock's on the outside. Very simple, old school um, heel manager mannerisms, but always incredibly effective. It gets the crowd involved and so on. But here, not necessarily how you, they potentially want because people realize the rocks pissing off the Hollywood and they're booing the shit out of him. Yeah. And, uh, and kind of like how we, uh, we got a uh, WrestleMania, um, uh, 18, we got like almost, mm. a um, a kind of double turn because going into this match, Lesnar was the big, bad, bad heel. And Rock was the, the kind of great white hope kind of baby face. Uh, and halfway through this match, the Rock was getting booed out of the building, and the yeah. the the uh, the contest tried to play off like as if it was fifty fifty. It weren't fifty fifty. No, they, it was not. They were like, <laughs> "Fuck you, Rock! Fuck you, Rock!" And yeah, it was a. But fair play to Rock. He knows how to feed off that crowd, and he was playing into it like, "How dare you boo me? He's the heel and and stuff like." That. He really kind of give him that extra bit of energy. But yeah, the crowd did not like uh, the Rock in this match. No, definitely not. Um, there's a moment that we've seen 
since, especially a lot more recently in, in AEW and so on. Uh, we saw it all out literally just last night, for example, where The Rock and Brock Lesnar are both flat on their back, but then do that sort of double nip up. Oh, it was so good. So, so well-timed. Yeah. It just, yeah. you know, and these are... You don't expect a guy of Brock's size to be able to do that. I mean, no. This is this is a guy who, who was throwing drop kicks and and yeah. <laughs> and suicide dives. He's, he's he should not be able to do the things that he did in this match. It's no, it's, not. it's worrying. It's really really worrying. Um, one dang point for me is that we see the Rock's sharpshooter. Um, I've made my thoughts known on the Rock's sharpshooter in the past. I put it up there as one of the worst-looking moves alongside John Cena's STF. I think it's absolutely shocking. and It, it pops in my head, you're that good, you're that entertaining, uh, you've got that many moves in your arsenal, or even if you haven't got that many moves in your arsenal, you don't need to do that because you're already so over without it. Why do a move that you... You must know it looks like shit. Somebody yeah. must say that looks like crap, mate. You know, come it, on, Dwayne. Do you know what I mean? I mean, the way he leans really into it, it, it does make it look uh, really, really bad. But the, the, the more kind of um, thing that, that annoyed me about it was how easy he is to be distracted and let it go. He had mm. Lesnar in, in that move for uh, a good two, three minutes. Lesnar was on the verge of tapping uh, quite a, a number of times. And then Heyman is behind the rock, uh, gets involved, gets onto the, the, the apron, and he just lets the move go. Why? Why not just carry on and 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 keep the the move on? You you that close to winning the match? Why? Why? Um, why let the, the the whole go just to attack somebody who is not is not consequential to the the finish of the match? But wrestling be wrestling. Yes, I guess. I mean, these people get distracted by you know people turning up on the ramp or music playing or whatever. So yeah. Um, we then get Brock Lesnar using a chair into the Rock's ribs after a distraction again by Paul Heyman, um, doing and a brilliant then, job. And then the killer bear hug. The bear hug, yeah. <laughs> There's always something odd as well about... I, I, I see the purpose of a move like the bear hug in certain situations, and this one it worked quite well because he's had a shot to the ribs. Lesnar has recently put pay to Hulk Hogan, and the bear hug was a big part of that match and quite... Mm-hmm. A, quite a symbolic win i guess with the blood across across lesnar's chest and so on so i can understand why it's being used here at the main event at SummerSlam. throw back to the hogan match rocks bad ribs and so on what i'm not keen on is that when you see both guys go down to the floor and you've got a bear hug applied on the floor mm-hmm. that just looks weird yeah, that I just mean, looks like a struggle cuddle so that just yeah. looks like you know I- I think the aim was to show that Brock was able to do a bear hug uh, and a suplex and still keep the bear hold, uh, bear hug uh, held in place. And it did look a little bit weird, but again, you, you've explained it really well, what the, the point of the bear hug was. Uh, it was like a, a call back to the Hogan. We got Rock almost uh, having the, the three arms drop and, and getting the recovery. Uh, then we get uh, Rock on the outside, which I thought was uh, a li- kind of like almost a, a refresher in a match where he was getting dominated and he rock bottoms Paul Heyman through the, the, the Spanish announce table. Yeah. That is brilliant. I love yeah. this bit. And and he sort of has a little word with Heyman as he leaves as well, yeah, doesn't right. he? But he sort of pulls his coat up or his shirt up over him as well. 
<laughs> and I, I reckon that's a nice touch. I mean, if, if I was ever in, involved in anything like that and I had to take a bump for whatever reason, first of all, it would never happen. But if it did, I'd be worried about if I was led there and the crowd all around me with camera phones and so on. I'd want something covering my face because I wouldn't be able to help myself. Just have a little look. What's going on? Yeah, and a giggle. Yeah, right. exactly. That was, that was fucking awesome. <laughs> I just got slammed by the rock. My God. <laughs> I'd have to have my jacket pulled up over my head or something, you know? Um, well, um, but in the actual build-up to that that rock bottom, we're seeing another uh, kind of a, a nod to uh, Lesnar's agility. Uh, we see the rock kind of like polishing the, the ring post. Mm. Uh, and he does the slingshot. And, and Brock, when he uh, he slings into the post, he gets some air. He jumps yeah. a, a good five feet into the air to, to headbutt the top of that post. Uh, the, the guy was a phenomenal phenomenal at this at this age and you think he was 25 at this match i mean that's yeah. in wrestling that's that's a kid because yeah, he was the age. youngest um wwe until randy winner, i think was yeah, yeah so randy and randy. randy orton in 2004 randy was 24 when he did it so 25 mm-hmm. would make sense i think um yes Heyman goes through the table as you mentioned um it's a massive rock bottom on lesnar then I mean, they get some real height on that rock bottom. That's that's coming down from a great height. Um, Lesnar kicks out, but then Lesnar uses the rock bottom as well. And he does a good rock bottom. I'm, yeah. not, a, I'm not usually a fan of people uh, doing their opponent's finishing moves just for the sake of it. Uh, there's ve- there's uh, you can count on one hand the amount of people who could pull off a good rock bottom. I think uh, Jericho does a decent one. Uh, and this one from Lesnar is a good one, but I, that's pretty much it. Uh, maybe Booker, obviously, with his own version, the the bookend. Uh, but yeah, uh, Lesnar dropping the rock bottom that was mm. all absolutely awesome, and nearly gets the win as well. But then we get into the Rock's kind of greatest hits. Goes for the the spam buster. Um, goes to do the people's elbow, uh, and then uh, Lesnar just pops up and just. Just essentially decapitates the rock yeah. with a clothesline. That clothesline, man! Oh my word! Destroyed him. Absolutely destroyed him. Goes mm-hmm. for the F five. We see the the rock kind of escape that. Who then went for a, a rock bottom. Lesnar works his way out of that. Uh, a cool little kind of a arm twist back into the F five, and boom! Uh, rock is down. Only takes one F five. Not like the Lesnar of 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 now, where he, he F five someone until their face doesn't resemble their face anymore. Uh, it's <laughs> essentially one rock, uh, one F five, and the rock is down. And a, a really cool pass of the torch for yeah. me. A rock sold amazingly well for for Brock, and, and then we kind of get a weird end to the show because you don't get like a. Uh, a promo package or a, a, a highlights package, or you don't get like a, a graphic. It's essentially just Brock headbutting the title, then looking at the title as if uh, kind of like um, Tomasa Champa when he looked at Goldie uh, when mm. he was NXT champion. Like, yeah, it's a good shot, actually. He, he goes bright red, his eyes bulged out, and he's he's, he's the, the, the top dog in, in the WWE. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really, really, really cool way to end. Like we ended on a shocker. What is the the kind of landscape of the WWE going to be now? This animal is at uh, the top of the tree. Yeah, exactly. It was definitely a change, wasn't it? You, you look at this time. Well, WrestleMania 19 was the next WrestleMania, and Lesnar by this stage was, as we mentioned earlier, babyface winning the title again. 
mm-hmm. from Kurt Angle in the main event. You had The Rock disappearing Where he again. nearly killed himself. <laughs> yes, yes. You had The Rock disappearing again to do more movies after that event. Austin had his last match at that event. Mm-hmm. Um, the NWO experiment was just done and over with by then. It was really a... From 2001 Survivor Series, when the Alliance storyline finished, through 2002 up to WrestleMania 19, I think they were really finding their feet, but they had this huge roster of talent of guys like Rock, Austin, and even Hogan, who had the name value and the ability, but they were kind of on their way out. And you had guys like Angle and Lesnar and so on, who were Angle maybe was more advanced at the time, don't get me wrong, but they were more sort of coming into it. And then the following year, 2004, you also had the crowning of Benoit and Guerrero and so on. I think they were really trying to, the WWE were really trying to find their feet as a company, as a promotion where they were going in this, in this period. But the talent roster they had with, with their, their main rival companies going under was so deep. Mm-hmm. I don't think they, I, to me, they couldn't miss and, and they didn't. It was such, some fantastic wrestling to watch from that time. Yeah, and you, you hit the nail on the head, the fact that uh, the the older kind of uh, uh, statesmen were were slowly kind of making way for this newer, hungrier breed of wrestlers uh, uh, with way more kind of different wrestling styles. I mean, um, the, the likes of Brock... And then Les uh, Brock, and then Eddie and Benoit uh, Angle, all kind of real technically skilled mm-hmm. wrestlers. I thought, yeah, this was a a real kind of golden age of of uh, WWE. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so I suppose where do we go? Neither Magsy rating wise. Do you want to go first or second? Yeah, uh, well, I break tradition. I will go <laughs> first. Um, <clears throat> I think I think you were right. It's not exactly the 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 best batch on the card. We watched that uh, um, last last week uh, yeah. with uh, yeah. with uh, HBK and and Hunter, uh, but it was certainly a really cool kind of um, uh, main event. Really, uh, like I said, changed the landscape of, of WWE. Uh, the action was fast paced. There was very few botches. Um, uh, a few things that that maybe. I would have certainly changed the the bear hug was uh, kind of jarring in the middle of the uh, what was a fast match. Uh, the the Paul Heyman stuff was a uh, uh, kind of annoying, I suppose, when you're looking at uh, these being for the, the undisputed title. Um, but I enjoyed watching it back. Uh, I'd happily watch it back again. Um, so I think I'm going to give it a seven. Ah, same as me. Spot on. There we go. Exactly. Wasn't it? Yeah. It was it was a good match. I enjoyed it. Um, I could happily watch it back again. 16 minutes long. It's not going to take up my day. There's enough there to keep me entertained. Lesnar is incredible at this stage. The Rock is what well, is the Rock, isn't he? He's absolutely fantastic. Um the Heyman interference didn't bother me too much, to be fair. Well, I mean, normally you're, you're old school. Well, yeah, I suppose, but you know, it didn't bother me massively. Um I, I think it was a really well done contest, letting the rock nip off and film scorpion king or whatever it was he was doing at this stage um yeah i i, I enjoyed it it was a good enough pick for me mate seven out of ten signed i'm happy with that yep great man think alike and idiots agree um <laughs> so then mr mags um actually i'll tell you what we'll do before we decide where we're going next we'll let everyone know about what's happening next week yes. obviously next week we are not live but i don't want anyone out there to panic we are bringing you a pre-recorded chain wrestling, a chain wrestling almost live um, with a guest that we discussed last week on the show. We're looking at a match of the guest's choice. 
Um, well, actually, and, it wasn't. We gave him that. Oh, no, yeah, he, yeah. And and he he went the whole chain wrestling uh, gamut and put a pole out. Uh, and we we watched the the, the match that, that won the pole, uh, even though he did try and uh, swear uh, the the pick afterwards when he said, "Should I really stick with this?" And I said, "Yes, we have to give the people." what they want yeah. so yeah uh so next week's episode is uh like like sa said it's a pre-recorded one with the uh, amazing uh dan griffin from the the utt podcast um we had great fun recording it um mm-hmm. so it will be out exactly the same time as this episode uh uh drops on 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 the monday so you will definitely get your your chain wrestling fix uh so yeah definitely tune in for that yeah as, as maxi said same place same time etc etc um no non-wrestling topic next week because of being not live it's not possible to sort of organize those sort of things in the timeline of our recording and so on mm-hmm. um and it is a match decided upon by a vote put out by dan himself um that we look at as a one-off and then we sort of rejoin the chain live i guess yeah the following so, week so 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 essentially this is a non-canon episode yeah. in terms yeah. of movies or in terms of wrestling shows this is our saudi show maybe this is our Ugh. crown ju- <laughs> okay this is our <laughs> super showdown from australia it's going to be cool but in the grand scheme of uh of, of chain wrestling it doesn't affect the the the, can- the canonical storyline yeah that's fair enough mate that's fair enough so where shall we go in two weeks time um our social media accounts you'll need to keep an eye out for we'll we'll give you the options for the poll now but the options will appear in the way of the usual poll next week after the pre-recorded show has come out so we can have a look at where we're going and sort of rejoin the chain and carry on um as as normal i guess magsy um where would you like to go in two weeks time max Okay, so I mentioned how uh, I think that Brock is a generational talent, and we're going to miss him uh, when he uh, when he finally hangs up those boots. And the stuff that he's done uh, in the wrestling world is it's it's up there with the very very best of of uh, of, of wrestlers. I mean, the guys won the IWGP Heavyweight Title. Um, he's been multiple time um, WWE Champion. King of the Ring, uh, Royal Rumble winner, um, but there's there's something that he did, which will always stand out to me as one of the the pinnacles of his career. He won a match that he wasn't actually in. Oh, okay. So yeah, go on. I want to to visit that uh, when he made the wrestling world shit its pants. Oh, people are so cross. Oh, I've, <laughs> I have in in my time on wrestling Twitter, this this stands out as one where that that place burnt to the ground. Yeah, they hated this. Um, but the match that came before it was actually pretty damn good. So I'm going with the uh, Money in the Bank 2019, the the uh, the Money in the Bank ladder match for the World uh, Championship uh, contract for the men, where we had uh, um, Mustafa Ali, uh, Andrade, Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre, Finn Balor, Randy Orton, and, and Ricochet. Um, and it was won by somebody who wasn't in the match, Brock Lesnar. So that's what I'm going for. Money in the Bank 2019, the men's uh, Money in the Bank match. 
Some people just want to see the world burn, don't they? It's it was brilliant. I loved that day because people were pissed, literally pissed, and just watching him at the top of that ladder laughing, and him coming out on the the subsequent uh, Raws and Smackdowns using the the the, the briefcase as a beatbox, dancing away. It oh, was yeah. amazing. It was oh, amazing. that was great. When he was yeah. dancing, with, oh yeah, Boombox Brock, as Dan Griffin yeah. says in the chat, like, oh yeah, spot on. That that was worth it. That was great. And seeing people lose their minds, I was I, I laughed when it happened, to be honest, because like I said, mm. I like Brock. But um, yeah, okay. So that's Magsy's choice there. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit further back. Uh, oh, and you're in the chat. Thank you, gentlemen, for cheering me up tonight. Needed your beautiful mugs. Oh, need your eye test in there, Anya. <laughs> on on your screen with this chest infection. Is your chest oh, infection you. affecting your eyes? I don't. You know. I hope but, you feel better soon, Anya. And thank yeah, you. But for you're the very compliment. welcome, sweetheart. You're very welcome. Thank you. Um, I want to go back a little bit further, but I'm going to stick with SummerSlam. 1947, <laughs> the first ever SummerSlam, <laughs> where Hulk Hogan saved the world. No, <laughs> cool. That's another blast from the past, isn't it? Hogan saving the world. We we'll have to go back and do a little deep dive in some of the old audio episodes for for certain bits and bobs, Max. Um, I want to go back to SummerSlam 1989. Ooh. and SummerSlam is the link, okay? As well as a title change being the link and so on. Um, I didn't get to watch my ravishing Rick Rude match this week, which made me sad. So you, I want- you you can watch the matches. You know, just because we you don't win a poll doesn't mean you can't watch the match. What? I know that. I'm not fucking stupid. I just, I, just, I just don't get to talk to people about it, do I? My kids tell me to shut up. I'm boring. You know? <laughs> I fire the WWE network up. My dog goes in the kitchen. You know? <laughs> no, I'm joking. My family are brilliant. <laughs> no, I want to go and watch a Rick Reed match. And I think this is potentially, for his time in the WWF, one of his best matches he had. Mm-hmm. And... Definitely the best match his opponent ever had, I think. Mm, I think this is better than... Res- well, okay, well, we can put WrestleMania 7 and WrestleMania 6 in the conversation as well. It, but it, I think it, His match with uh, Savage was really good. Savage WrestleMania carried, 7, yeah. yeah. Savage carried Warrior to a good match. Uh, yeah. This is still... I, I mean, I know, I know the match you, you, you're mm-hmm. talking about. Uh, it's, a, it's still a real good match, and it's testament to how good a ring general Rick Rude actually was. Yeah. So the match I want to go back to, using SummerSlam as the link, is SummerSlam 1989, Ravishing Rick Rude defending the Intercontinental title against the Ultimate Warrior. Now, please don't straight away jump on the negative and think, oh, God, the Ultimate Warrior, you know, and oh, think do do that. Bad. Do, definitely do yeah. that and vote for Brock winning the, the briefcase. You've picked someone as your choice that pissed off the whole of the internet. So- <laughs> Don't try and, like, you know, we are my chips when it comes to the Warrior, okay? <laughs> the Warrior, granted, fantastic character, not very good in the ring. Everyone's aware of that. But this match is worth watching purely because of how good Rick Rude is, and he gets an absolute... Uh, Rick Rude's performance is fantastic. To yeah. get that level of match out of someone like the Warrior, it is superb. Um, and, yeah, Magsy, that's kind of what I want to go back and look at. Some proper... Retro, vintage, golden era WWE, Ultimate Warrior, face painted up, ravishing Rick Rude. Lovely stuff, mate. I mean, they're two picks that 
um, we win either way. We get to have a watch a good match between Warrior and uh, and um, Rick Rude, or we get to watch the world absolutely tear its own arsehole when Brock Lesnar wins a match he had no right to be in. Brilliant. Win-win. The poll, as I said, will be up the week after next when we have our our pre-recorded episode airs. We'll go back on like normal. The poll will be up on the, the social medias at chain underscore wrestling, where you can always find us there on the Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. But the poll is always uh, the poll is always going to be on Twitter. So find us on Twitter. If you do not have a Twitter account, just set one up. We're worth yeah. it. We're bloody yeah, brilliant. On. Yeah. Set one up and follow us as well. Oh yeah, you better do that. Yeah. Oh, you wouldn't see what we're tweeting. Yeah, that's quite. Yeah, that's quite an important part of it. Actually, you follow us and, as well. And, and whilst you're doing that, you might as well sub to this channel, give this video a like, click that notification bell so you don't miss any of our chain wrestling and other content from here at Radio Techers. Um, we're making a, a big push to to put out some top quality content for for you guys and and gals to to watch along. So yeah, we'd appreciate a, a sub and a, a notification. 100%. So much great content from Radio Attackers, uh, podcasts, just such brilliant stuff. Football, um, obviously the waiting room coming soon. You get you get us, and we're bloody brilliant. We're worth it alone, surely. And you know? he's a fucking delinquent. <laughs> <laughs> I like cream soda, mate. Okay, um, Maxi, do you want to let everyone know whereabouts they can find you on the Soch, as the kids may call it? I don't I think don't they do, actually. I don't know I where that came from. I- I don't think any no. kid has ever called it the Sosh. So no. you can follow me on the only Sosh that I'm involved in, <laughs> Twitter, down here at Podfather Mags. Uh, I'm heavily involved here uh, with all things Radio Techers, uh, football, MMA, uh, this amazing show. Uh, and you can also find me on uh, Visionaries Global Media and uh, Chairshot. Uh, so wherever you get your podcasts. Yes, indeed, indeed. Um, you can find me at SJP Words uh, on Twitter, and you can find again the show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Chain underscore Wrestling. Chuck us a like, a follow, all that good stuff. Subscribe to Radio Techers as well. Um, the poll will always be on Twitter. Um, I hope you enjoy our pre-recorded episode next week, where Magsy's departing for a while, leaving us all alone and stitching us up. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to the stake. I'm just not. I'm just no sure the event. That's it. That's it. But I hope you enjoy it. It was great fun recording with Dan. Thanks again for everyone tuning in to us today. Um, again, at Chain Underscore Wrestling on all the social medias. Um, I'm off now to do my face up like the Ultimate Warrior with Vandal Paint. Was probably listening to a bit of Aerosmith. I'll speak to you soon. Bye bye, Maxi. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just before we go, I actually used to do my face paint uh, warrior with toothpaste, which is not an idea I would recommend because it stings. Uh, but bye bye.